NBA Finals Game 4 tonight. For the Lakers to take a commanding 3-1 lead, it's a simple formula. Shut down Jimmy Butler. Shut down Jimmy Butler and dare Tyler Hero, dare Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, and others to beat you. Plain and simple. Shut Jimmy Buckets down and dominate the boards like you did in the first two games. Yes, you need your shooters to shoot a higher percentage, but if you lock down Jimmy Buckets, I don't care if you trap him the way you did Harden or you've put Braun on him and try to wear him down. If you control Jimmy Buckets, even if your role players don't shoot well, you will win this game. If you're the Miami Heat, you want to win this game and make it a 2-2 series? In your 3-2 zone, you have to continue to front Anthony Davis and get quick and strong backside help. You've got to compete on the boards, and Jimmy Butler has got to have another big game. No, he doesn't have to go off for 40, but he's got to put up 25 to 30 and give you another eight rebounds and eight assists and be impactful on defense as well. Not to mention, the same way it applies to the Lakers, the Heat shooters have got to give him some help. So you need Kelly Olenek, you need Hero, Duncan Robinson, and Jay Crowder to make shots. When you get inside the numbers and get with the bottom line about the NBA, wins and losses come down to getting buckets and getting stops. The Lakers are the better team. They're the deeper team right now for sure with Bam and Drogic out. Jimmy Butler, you cannot allow him to play hero ball. Shut him down if you're the Lakers and you can get control of this series. If not, we're looking at a 2-2 series and that's a different conversation. Sports is forever changing. The competition between one team from another in a series, it's kind of of a revolving door. With the Lakers in the heat, before the series began, I saw two teams that even though the Lakers were clearly the team with the two best players in the series, I thought the Heat's depth and balance gave them a legit chance to compete and make this a seven-game series. Even after the devastating dominant loss the Heat took in game one, I still thought, okay, that's game one, but it's just one game. And then you find out you lose the dragon, Goran Dragic gone. And then Bam's got a shoulder injury. He's not played the last two games. So the Heat don't just get blown out in game one. They lose their second and third best players. And how do you make up for 40 points over 11 rebounds and eight assists. You battle, you fight. And even then, I still thought watching game two, it came down to the things I talked about before the series started. The Heat still had to find a way to generate offense, and it became their defense versus the Lakers' role players and how well those role players were able to shoot from behind the arc, not to mention how productive they could be on both sides of the floor. When you look at the skill sets of players like LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who both are averaging over 27 points a game for the series, there is no one guy that can guard LeBron James and shut him down on the Miami Heat. Same for Anthony Davis, who's probably got the biggest mismatch 
clearly. Even when Bam is 100%, I don't think Bam can stop Anthony Davis. I'm sure the Heat brain trust, their thinking was, Bam doesn't have to outplay him, but he's got to play. He's got to be able to get, if Davis is going to get 27 to 10, then Bam has got to get 19 and 11 and get a couple more blocks and beat him on 50-50 balls. Because Anthony Davis, when you look at his skill set, he is one of the most skilled, if not the most skilled big in basketball. I know most people favor Joker because Joker is a terrific passer. No question. Joker's the best passing big in the NBA. But when you talk about basketball and you get down to the bottom line, what matters? It's two things. It's getting stops and it's getting buckets. And Bam is terrific at getting stops, as is AD. And AD is the more superior player when it comes to getting buckets. I thought before he got hurt, before he went down in game one, I thought Bam Adebayo, along with Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, I thought they were all a little shell-shocked. I didn't see competition from them. They seemed, I don't want to use the word scared, but they didn't seem ready for the task at hand. They didn't seem ready for what the Lakers were going to bring to them. And then he got hurt later on, but he, he had no impact before he got hurt. This game, this series, it still comes down to, yes, you have to accept the fact that with AD and LeBron, the Heat don't try to match up with them. Where the Heat had an advantage is with the others, is with guys that match up like Tyler Hero, like a Jay Crowder, Andre Iguodala, who has actually played well in this series. When I watched game two, that was a more competitive game. Even though the Lakers never really felt pressure, Miami played much better. The thing is, the Lakers just crushed them on the boards again. When you play small, and even with Bam, the Heat don't play with a power forward. They play with Bam, and then they play with four perimeter players. The things you get by create spacing on offense you're going to give up something when it comes to rebounding, especially defensive rebounding. To end a possession, I don't care how good a defense you play, if you don't end the possession by getting hold of the basketball, the other team eventually will hurt you with second-chance opportunities. I still stand by this. The Lakers can get big numbers from both AD and LeBron and still lose a game. The difference is, though, they have a a much higher margin for error. One of them can have a bad game and the Lakers can still win. If Jimmy Butler has a bad game, especially now with the Dragon and Bam out, the Heat lose. What Jimmy Butler did the other night going for over 40, a 40-piece triple-double, I don't expect him to be able to duplicate that. But if he still gives you 28 to 30, and say seven rebounds and six assists and get some help from guys like Tyler Hero and get some help from Kelly Olenek, who's played well in this series. Kelly Olenek's giving you 15.7 rebounds over two assists, but more importantly, 43% from three. And this is where he's really helped them. Bam, of course, is the better player. There's no debating that. But Kelly Olenek's ability to shoot the three and his craftiness around the basket, he's made the Lakers more particular. JaVale McGee or Dwight Howard have to play in space. And Dwight Howard 
is not nearly as effective in space as he is when he's guarding the restricted area. I don't know if Kelly Olenek can sustain this kind of play. And it's really funny because before the series, I was talking about how the Heat had six guys that averaged double figures. They lose their second and third leading scores, and they still get five guys averaging double figures. I don't think what they did in game three suddenly turns it around and people are talking about this is different. It's not different. The Lakers has given up one game in every series in their march to the finals. There have been some close ones, but they still managed to win them. For this to be different, for this to be on path, or at least in my eyes, get back on path to having a real shot at being a seven-game series, the Miami Heat have to find a way to win tonight. They've got to find a way to generate more offense. Kendrick Nunn has the ability to beat people off the dribble. He shoots the mid-range well. He's got to be more effective and more aggressive. you got to get more from Jay Crowder. I've already mentioned Olenek. Duncan Robinson has got to be more of a factor, not just a decoy. He's got to give you something offensively. And I think Andre Iguodala, even at age 36, I think he's got one big one in him, meaning he's averaging five points a game for the series. But I think Dre can give you one of those 15, 16-point gems that Miami desperately needs. And if Bam is able to play, I, I wouldn't start him. If I'm Miami, I wouldn't start him. Start Olenek. Get that spacing. I'm sure LeBron is going to respond to Jimmy Butler. Anybody that saw game three, the trash talk. And look, if you've ever played ball, the competition, you want to win. You always want to win. I'll be the first to admit, I'm not a sore loser, not in public. But when I go home, I'm in a bad mood for a while. It takes me a minute. I don't feel good again until I'm out competing again because I want to win. Jimmy Butler and LeBron James going back and forth, and with Jimmy Buckets getting the last word, more importantly, the last basket, that was old school basketball. Both going back and forth, both going at each other. It got heated, but heated in a good way. No dirty play. This is just good old-fashioned competition that maybe to a, a sense, it never got personal. Look, all Bron said was, y'all in trouble. But, but that's being competitive. That's in the moment. And Jimmy Butler responded. I'm not saying that Miami's going to win. And I know... I thought that I really did think this had to be this had a legit shot to be a seven game series. I thought that the way the bubble playoffs had gone, how strange the year was, it just seemed only fitting that we end the season with the seven game series. The Lakers had other plans. And look, when you lose Bam and, and Drogic, that changes a lot of things. It'll be interesting to see if Miami can find a way to generate more offense, not to mention still play good defense. Because I thought if you saw game three, what they did really well was, yes, they clogged the middle, but the Lakers shooters, they weren't just always wide open. They were contested threes. If Rondo, if KCP, if Caruso and company, if they're going to shoot well from three, then the Lakers are going they're going to go up 3-1. But if Miami is able to hold them to let's say 33% or less from three and at least not get dominated on the boards, 
as well as get some kind of production from others. This is going to be an interesting game. This is going to be a dogfight. And I'm sure LeBron's going to come with haymakers looking to knock Miami out early. I, I think he's looking to put his foot on their throat and keep it moving. The question is, is Anthony Davis ready to ride again? Because last game, I thought Miami did a really good job of doubling him. But when he got into foul trouble, he never got in a rhythm. And once it was just LeBron and the role players, I thought Jimmy Buckets and company took advantage of that. Also, I'm not changing my X factors. When Rondo plays well, the Lakers win. When Tyler Hero plays well, when he plays at a high level, when he's efficient as a shooter and, produ- and, and gives you something defensively, the Heat win. Game four, I think the winner of game four is going to win the series. And that's not me trying to be sneaky or funny. The Lakers are the better team. They are. I truly believe that. But being the better team on paper, being the better team when you have the two best players in the series, you don't just walk in and win. You got to go in and take it. I thought the Lakers took, they were a little lax in game three, but I'm taking nothing away from the Heat. Jimmy Buckets was the best player on the floor, period, in game three. So let's see what LeBron does in response. <laughs> expect a monster game from both LeBron and Anthony Davis. I also expect Frank Vogel to tweak the roster a little bit, maybe changing the lineup, putting Marquise Morris in as a starter, or playing Kuzma more, putting AD at the five so that they'll be quicker, they're able to switch more and more when it comes to those pick and pops, it will negate the advantage that Olenek and Miles Leonard has. Jimmy Buckets wants all the smoke. Trust me when I say tonight, LeBron's going to bring it. In other news, can Doc Rivers right the Sixers' ship? We'll get into that on the next episode of the NBA Cypher, as well as talk about where we are in the series after Game 4. It's the Cypher, next time. Thank you.